In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 116th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, we're doubling up this week. We have some good audio from George's Pro Day, and we want everybody to hear uh, the whole interview with uh, Falcons general manager Thomas Dimitrov before um, probably his last time talking before the draft. Uh, so we wanted to get that out to you all here in a special double up edition this week of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Then we'll have a couple minutes from Georgia coach Kirby Smart and Georgia former Georgia running back Elijah Holofield. Let's start here with uh, Thomas Dimitrov. He talks about uh, interspersed with some Georgia talk on the Georgia players and some Falcons talk. Uh, wanted to know about the free agency signings. We hadn't heard from the team about those, so it was good to, to get him on the record there. And uh, Julio Jones, Grady Jarrett, uh, the draft and Georgia players. So we're going to play the whole uh, 11 minutes here of Thomas Dimitrov from George's Pro Day yesterday. In on it, and I think today was good. We had a, we had a lot of people here, and we, we gleaned a lot of information here, so it's good. Mm-hmm. How many alarm bells go off for you when you see a slow forty time in Indy? Uh, you know, what does that do to a player's uh, evaluation? Of course, it's a concern, and I think it depends on you know an organization of how how high you uh, determine that to be. Uh, you know, sort of the, the guiding light. Obviously, he's a good football player, so uh, we know that, that uh, we have to keep an eye on that. He, he's, he's a good football player. He knows how to play this game. Um, so what's your assessment of DeAndre Baker? You know, DeAndre had a really good day today. He's obviously quick, fast, uh, explosive. Can you know can run, cover the field, very good range that way. And uh, you know, he's, he's being reported as as one of the best in the in the country. Uh, you know, in the draft. So we'll be interested to see how that plays out. Do you agree with those reports? <laughs> he, he's a very good football player. Thomas, does the draft process change at all when you're at number 14 as compared to kind of later in the first round as you guys have been in the past couple of years? Yeah, as much as we don't like being at 14 and, uh, you know, it, it affords us an opportunity to be a little more creative about, you know, whether we move up or whether we move back. Everyone continues to tell me that I never want to move back, but 14 is a good place to be considering, you know, the move back as well. So it just gives you some real flexibility. And you know that for sure at 14 there's going to be a, you know, a legit player that you're going to be really excited about. And, uh, again, it's a, it's, a, it's a really interesting draft this year. The people that are going to be around there are through the first 20-something picks in my mind. How does the uh, so-called value chart for, you know, trading picks, how has that changed in the last few years uh, now that the, the salaries are more yeah, I think there's the value chart that's been around for a long time is still there, and we still use it as a as a sort of a, um, a yeah yeah as a standard. And, and and some of us, most of the teams right now, with all the analytic departments that they have in place, they create their own alternative. Uh, 
rate chart, but the problem with that is it's not consistent across the league, right? So I may say a player is worth something to another team, and they think, well, it's not, that's not what our chart says. So it becomes a little bit of a, uh, it becomes a little complicated that way. Tried and true uh, chart is still intact, and, and people use it, but it's not, you know, again, it just depends on the organization you're dealing with. Certain deal, certain organizations are really uh, firmly entrenched in it, and others don't even look at it. Are you pleased with your four new free agents, and uh, how do you see them fitting into the operation? Uh, Stalker, um, you know, Jammin Brown, Carpenter, and um, Kenyon Barner. So let's you know start with the offensive line. We're we're really excited about having two two you know big dudes coming in, and they have uh, they're accomplished guys have have a lot of experience. You know, both of them fit in at the guard spots for us. You know, there, there's no mystery or history or uh, you know uh, no mystery about that. The, the history of where we were in the last couple of years in our guard situation. We needed guys to come in that were going to you know anchor for Matt. That's a big thing for us. Um, we love the fact that we have some some size there, which is going to be good for us. Not only can they anchor in the pass game, but we feel that they can move you know move the pile a little bit more than than we have, or hopefully a lot more than we have on those really important downs. Uh, you know, some that are the one yard downs is are more what I'm referring to. So we like where we are there, and we'll continue to grow there. Now, those are guys that can bring experience to our younger group as we continue to develop as well. Uh, you know, Luke Stocker, to have a tight end that comes in, he's another guy that's going to add to our run game like the two, two guards I just mentioned. That's an important thing for us. He also has ability to line up at, at fullback as well, so the versatility of him and the toughness and the grittiness. He worked with Mike Malarkey before. You know, Raheem had drafted him at Tampa, so we have a real good knowledge of him. And then, uh, you know, Barner comes in as a guy who has good versatility for us, can also use his return. So, all in all, as you mentioned recently in one of your, your pieces that uh, I have said something about uh, not spending a lot of money. But not spending uh, boldly yeah. in free agents. Someone only highlights those for me. I don't read all your articles. Uh, well, I do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But my, the point is there that, you know, we, we were, we were uh, very diligent about how we approached uh, free agency, and we thought that uh, we think that we have, we've, uh, you know, created some, some positives on our team, and we have a whole draft with nine picks mm-hmm. to go, uh, you know, continue to build in the areas that we know we need to continue to build on. But Barner was a kickoff returner. Can he do punts? Uh, I just, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and kickoff or just a kickoff? He's, he's more of a kickoff return okay. guy. Yeah, but we'll continue. We, we feel we have a couple guys on our team that we're going to, you know, mix in there without getting into details on that right now. And again, draft-wise, there's some mm-hmm. interesting guys out there. Mm-hmm. With only uh, three defensive ends on the roster right now, how much do you feel like that position is in the I think, uh, you know, I like I think about defensive backs, I think you always have to have, you know, a depth group of guys that can get up and around the corner to, to get to the quarterback, and we know how important that is. And we feel we have some good ones. Uh, we'll, we'll continue to look there, of course. How's the with Brady and Julio progress throughout the spring? Kind of, do you have a timeline when you come to those games? Julio, first, no timeline on that. We'll continue, uh, you know, continue to talk with both Julio and his representation. I mean, again, we're, we're, we have really good conversations with them. Um, so there's no, you know, particular time on that. Not concerned about it, nor is he. We'll, we'll get that figured out. I know there's interest because of everything that's going on, uh, you know, with all the receivers in the league. Obviously, some there's big numbers talked about and in a big situation there. But uh, look, we, we feel good with our communication there. Uh, as far as Grady, um, you know, we of course franchise tagged him, and, and that's where we are at this point. And you know, you can negotiate that all the way up to just before training camp. So we have time to continue to discuss. Been doing this. Big receiver numbers, what's kind of your reaction? 
What's my reaction? Yeah, when you see those big numbers. Well, I, I think that's that's the market, right? And I think you have to be very cognizant of the market when you're a general manager and a head coach. When you're co-team building, you have to be very aware of it. And, uh, you know, we can all um, be back on our heels on it, but the reality is a reality. So um, it just it makes things more interesting uh, when you're putting together a team with some you know, really high-paid high, high paid players. Of course, when you have a quarterback and uh, that you're paying well and uh, other players on our team, you know, we know that we have a... We have a, a you know high-paid group. We're going to continue to keep them around because we think they're worth it. The signing of the offensive lineman in free agency does that change anything as far as what the draft goes? Um, not necessarily. No, I think I think that's a really good question. A lot of people think, oh, does that mean you're going to you know move away from focusing on continuing to build there? We we need to continue to build our our depth and and our youth and continue to develop. So uh, that is part of it. So we'll we'll continue to look at both sides of the O, o and D line as we go into the draft, of course, and of course many other positions that, of course, we need. There's another, another player I wanted to ask about, um, uh, Mikko Hardman. Um, wh- how do you think he did out there today, and what have you seen when, when looking at his film so far? Yeah, Mikko, he ran he ran so well out here. I mean, it's, you know, we know that he can fly, and he's another versatile guy, right, that can can not only catch the ball and, and run routes, but he can he can do some damage as a return guy. So um, he did well. He did well. How did the... Um how my little cousin uh, Lipper do? We're not related. We're not related at all. Uh, Every time I look that. at him, I think we win in top. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Nah, but we're not related. But how did he do today? He, he did well. He was working hard, as you know. He was he was uh, grinding it out. I mean, uh, you know, there, there are a number of guys on on this Georgia team that you know, whether they get drafted midline or wherever they get drafted, I mean, they're gonna they're gonna show their stuff. I think as they get into the league, and, and again, guys like, like he works hard and. Hopefully things will work out well for him. How did Riley really do? Riley, I looked at him every once in a while, and I was kind of shaking my head because you see some of the similarities, right? I think he's a little bit bigger, of course, but he had a, he had a good day as well. Ran ran the routes well, and he's I mean, he's he's got good size to him too. So I think uh, it, it will be interesting to see where he where he you know plays out draft wise, round wise. Uh, but you know, I heard the buzz around there because I think people look thinking they always think bloodlines, right? They're thinking they know what his brother can do, and they're hoping that he does you know a, a portion of what he does. Thomas, uh, Luke Stocker, you mentioned him, fullback uh, in Tennessee. Is that a role you envision him, you want to give him a look at, you know, in Atlanta? As, as you say, as as kind of motioning back into the backfield. Well, I, I think we haven't gotten into specifics on it. I just, I like the fact that he had the ability and the versatility to do that. Dan and I both did, of course, and, and Mike Malarkey has experience with him in that. So, you know, with the focus on run game being so important for us to ramp up this year, I think he's going to be an important part, whether he's off coming off the line or whether they do get creative enough and keep him out of the backfield. Uh, versatility is key. Thomas, can can, can an offensive lineman with 33 and 5 eighths inch arms play tackle in the NFL? 33 and 5 eighths? Yes. Yes, no question. I do believe that. Okay. So, yeah. so Jenna Williams can be a tackle? Yes. We had a guy that played for us for a while. What, what, Sam. Yeah, no. Was Sam 33 and... What, are you sure? He wasn't 32, was he? No, uh, yeah, it might have been. Yeah. Um, Sam Baker? But I do. Sam, yeah. Sam, Sam did. I think if, well, quite honestly, a guy who, who is limited in his arm length, if he's very adept with his hand speed and, and his hand placement, that's a big thing. Of course, everyone wants longer arms, right? It's amazing when you start talking to some of those guys. And I think Sam made the comment, remember, yeah. way back, he's like, I never thought I had short yeah, arms right. until... Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs>
if you think like that much of a difference, you're right. Uh, but I do believe you can. Again, it's just how you play with them. But I just need one curse. Just moving, you know, we're April the, today is March the 20th. Drafts more than a little bit over a month away. Where are you all at? Uh, you know, and, and what do you got coming up in the next month with the visits, the workouts, uh, local day, and all the, the activity that leads up to those decisions? Well, I mean, you know, we have a busy, busy next month, and you mentioned some of them, and with our local day, with a lot of visits is still coming up here. I've mentioned many times we're very, very, very fortunate that our owner is as generous as he is with the private plane to be able to, you know, skim around the country and get three or four uh, visits in in a, in a day, which is important to us. Um, you know, the local pro day is is invaluable to us. We get a chance to see some really good football players and, and pull some guys later in the draft or even as free agents. Um, we're fortunate, again, to have such a uh, unbelievable hotbed of talent, just natural, pure talent from the state. Uh, that's why some of the guys at the league office complain or uh, complain to the league office about how unfair it is that we have our pro day and they're uh, somewhere else. I won't mention anywhere else in the States, but they complain about it at times. I'm sure, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> There it is, uh, General Manager Thomas Dimitrov on a variety of subjects. Uh, you know, we were able to turn them into some stories uh, free that are on AJC.com. Uh, just grouped the free agents together. Uh, gave the update on Julio Jones and Grady Jarrett situations. And uh, then we'll be working on a Sunday story about uh, as the Falcons prepare here over the final month for the draft. Uh, since we were there, we're going to give you some Kirby Smart here. Uh, Georgia coach, you had him in the national championship game there. Came up short against Alabama the last two years, but certainly is uh, off to a great start at the University of Georgia. Because of the way it is, you're going to have a young team all the time. I've spoken to that a bunch. There's not a lot you can do. Some of that stuff's out of your control. How well does a kid play as a junior? Uh, what, what kind of grades does he get? Uh, what kind of choices and families does he have, I mean, does he have to make for his family? and decisions for his family. So everybody's in a different situation and you manage everyone differently. You just do the best job you can to handle it and then you move on. And that's what we do. Is there anything that can be done about the incongruence of the early the early signing day along with the declaration date being I, January 14th? I don't know that there can be right now because that's involving a lot of moving parts. You get the NFL who has a system they believe in works and then you have college football that has a system they believe in works. What gets tough is kids are enrolled in classes or not enrolled in classes. So it's hard in January for a kid, he needs to make his decision in January because he's got to decide whether or not he's going to work out or he's going to continue to go to school. So those two are not congruent and it's hard to make them. So we're dealing with a system we got and everybody's in the same system. So I consider that fair.
That's Georgia coach Kirby Smart discussing uh, how you're going to always have a young team when you get good players. They're going to probably leave early. And then the timing of when players leave and when they decide to come back. Uh, and then, uh, you know, DeAndre Baker, the cornerback, first round pick, uh, talked about him. And then running back Elijah Holyfield. Uh, I, I believe somebody did him a disservice. There's no way he should have came out of college if he was going to run a 4 8 in the uh, drills. Uh, you know, I don't know what, you know, who values education, uh, but you're at a great institution and you're a good college football player. I don't think, you know, uh, he had a good season. He was a good college football player. Uh, but, you know, I think he's not going to be drafted with running that slow. I think, uh, I don't know if it was his agents or he didn't like school or what the situation was or. If it was an agent telling him to come out, that agent needs to decertify himself because they uh, did the kid a disservice in having him come out. He may have been better served by getting his education uh, at Georgia and then playing another year. Uh, you know, and a four eight is not a pro number for a running back. So whoever advised him to come out uh, needs to step forward, unless it was an individual decision that the kid wanted to make on his own. Uh, but it, it was uh, he's this. It's a very kind of bizarre situation. The kids coming out of school and they are not pro prospects. But let's close here, the 114th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Got you a lot of Thomas Dimitrov, a quick hit from Coach Kirby Smart, and from running back uh, Elijah Holyfield. We're going to do that right now. There's Elijah Holyfield. It sounds like, uh, you know, there was some indecision, a, uh, you know, word about injury. I think the change at offensive coordinator. Uh, I think he saw the success of Sonny Michelle and Nick Chubb, uh, you know, uh, led to him maybe leaving college early. Certainly he can still make a team. Maybe he goes undrafted, picks a team, and contributes as a special teamer or between the tackles runner. Somebody's going to like his film, but, uh, you know, they're going to, there's not going to be any scouts banging on the table for him with a 4 8. So let's uh, wrap up here. 
for the second time from the 116th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. You all take care and enjoy the NCAA tournament. Hip hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution is taking Georgia political coverage to the next level. Now, Georgia's smartest political team is adding Hall of Fame political broadcaster Bill Nygut. I am beyond thrilled to be joining the remarkable political team at the AJC. And with the year that we have unfolding in politics, it's going to be an exciting ride. Read Bill Nygut's expert insight on AJC.com and listen to the Politically Georgia podcast with me, Greg Bluestein, And me, Patricia Murphy. And me, Tia Mitchell. Hear new episodes every weekday. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.